Hello, and welcome to the Casually Profound Podcast. My name is Lauren McLean, and I'm here to bring you conversations with friends about how we apply spiritual concepts into our everyday lives. I'm joined today by Pete Martosi, um, who I know through the internet. We're internet friends. Uh, we found each other on Instagram a little while ago and instantly were like, you're the person. I don't know what you're the person for yet, but you're the person. Um, and so uh, we've been spamming each other on Instagram for a while. And so that naturally led to wanting to have a longer conversation about um, mediumship and about our gifts, if you would call them that, uh, for this world and that kind of thing. I like calling them gifts or superpowers sometimes. Um, but the anyways, so hello and welcome, Pete. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, great. And would you like to tell us a little bit about how you would describe the work that you do and what you do in the spiritual realm, but also like in life? What do you what do you what do you do with your life, Pete? Well, it's interesting. We were just talking about disagreeableness, and uh, I always try to tell people that it's not a gift, and that it's everybody has an ability to communicate with spirit. It's not mm -hmm. special. Mm -hmm. And that, um, you know, it's more of a learned, it can be a learned technique. You know, obviously, like anything in the world, some people are more naturally talented than others. But it's like I always say, you know, I may play in the NFL, but everybody could throw a football. You know, it's like there's there's always God-given special abilities, but it can be practiced and learned, you know. And that's kind of what I do. I mean... I do, you know, obviously one-on-one -on -one mediumship sessions, but I would say my favorite thing to do is teach, you know, teach people how to connect to spirit because I know how much it changed my life, you know, and kind of saved me um, that I want everybody to feel that, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's easy. It's not complex. It's not, you know, all new age, you know, woo-woo stuff. It's very like simple, practical, and easy. So what makes it easy for you? How do you know that it's easy? Um, just from like years of, you know, I've kind of been doing this since I've kind of been doing this type of stuff, I guess, since I was a kid, you know, I was always into like the occult and different things, reading books, obviously. Um, and then I had experiences that kind of, when I was younger, that kind of shocked me and scared me. And I kind of blocked it for a while. And then in my 20s, my grandmother died and she started coming to me. And I started having like, you know, significance, you know, significant experiences that would like shift my perspective. And, uh, you know, I've been practicing. I'm almost, I'm going to turn 40 this year, which is scary. But, um, and... I've been doing this probably since my early twenties and I found kind of like, I broke down like how to explain what to do and like how I receive information in, I think a very simple way. And, you know, I think it's just an easy thing. <laughs> I think once people under, I think the problem with most people is they don't understand that they're receiving information. You know, like most, it's like anything in this reality. It's like we're programmed by TV and culture to have an expectation of something. So when you don't receive it that way, you don't, you know, it's like you're, people are receiving stuff and they don't even know they're receiving stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, they have to know where to look. You know, people see the movies and think, oh, if I'm a medium, I have like a hundred spirits around me and there's like, you know. It's always like a murder case to solve and stuff like that. You know, it's not, it, it's very like simple. And I think like people mm -hmm. don't realize even basic creative things are really just inspiration from spirit, whether it's singing, painting, whatever, you know? So I, I think the biggest misconception is like understanding how to receive information or where to even look for information, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I had a different guest on that I was talking with the other day and he was like, yeah, you were just, you were just talking about stuff. And I, and I, 
I didn't even know that, that word meant that. And I, cause yeah. it was, I was probably just talking about like receiving a message or receiving a knowing or different things like that. And he's like, well, what is that like? It's been a minute since I've had to answer a question like that. And I was like, well, it's just, you just hear it in your head. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's like in the choir, like of thoughts, like it's, but it has a different tone. It's a di slightly different place. Like it's a different thing. One of the most helpful little like tidbits that I got um, a couple years ago was from Phil Goodlife in one of his videos where he'd said, your angels are literally the voices in your head. And I was like, oh, duh. Like yeah. that makes so much more sense to have it phrased like that. It's just like the light bulb went off. So okay. to go back to something that you said at the beginning about how you think that it's not a gift, the, um, I completely agree with you in the sense that everybody has this ability. Like the hardware, hardware exists in every single body. Absolutely. And it's about getting the right software installed to like interface with it and be able to understand what the fuck's going on. Like literally to understand what the voice in your head is telling you if it's your own voice or Sally who's come for some help or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, um, the, one of the things that really let me saying set me free might sound contrived, but I would literally use those words because growing up, like I grew up in a family of mediums. And so like my mom always talked about how she would have people come visit her. Um, and she, when she was young, like a teenager had an experience that was like so scary to her. They came through the sense of smell and there was, it was a really strong component of when the spirit showed up with her. So she literally shut her entire sense of smell off. She has no ability to smell anything. Um, really? Other than when she was pregnant with me, she had a sense of smell. But other than that, she has, she can kind of tell when she's smelling gasoline and that's about it. Um, and so, you know, coming from a family who, and like my mom's mom, no, my mom's grandma on the, on the maternal side was also like a well-known, like tea leaf reader and all that kind of thing. And, and so, but none of us were like kind of allowed to talk about this growing up. Everybody was a little bit scared of it. And we were all very like Christian at the time. And so it's very easy to be like, Oh, that's just the Holy Spirit or like, Oh, that's just an angel or that yeah. kind of thing. And so it's so easy to like give it a label and move on with your life. Right. And not think about it. And so, you know, when I got into my teenage years, um, things were getting a little hairier and in the, in the spirit realm, if you will. And so it, I was like, I had a mentor at the time who was helping me deal with stuff. But when I was 19, um, there was a boyfriend that I was head over heels for totally in love with, probably still in love with whatever. And I just felt like I needed to tell him, like, this was a really important part of me that I like for the first time was wanting to share with someone. I was fucking scared shitless. Cause like to go up to a person that you've known for only a couple months and be like, yeah, I talked to dead people on casually. Um, it like, that's terrifying at a young yeah. age, particularly growing up with this whole like secrecy about it. Yeah. And when I told him, he was just like, cool. Do you have any other superpowers I should know about? <laughs> How, what? Like how you're just, he was just so chill about it. And so from then I was, I was really able to see it as a gift. Um, cause prior to that, I literally had one of my friends, uh, run away from me screaming and crying, um, crying, yeah, screaming and crying because I had, she had taken me to a Bible study with her and, um, I had seen Jesus, like Jesus showed up to like yes. chill with the message. And I was like, that's cool. Jesus is fun to like hang out with yeah. in the spirit realm. And, um, so I was telling her all about this and like the different stuff that was like going along with the messages. And it was like a really beautiful experience. And <laughs> on like the five minute drive home to drop her off. Yeah. By the time we got home, she was literally crying and running into the house and was like so upset. I'm like, I'm literally just, I'm literally going along with what you're saying. Like I'm literally agreeing with you. And so then to have this guy be like, yeah, naturally, of course. It just like flipped that switch. And so I totally agree with you. And I think it's just more fun. I think it's just more fun to call it a gift. And I love yeah. being able to do that. Well, I just I love say, being you know, the, the thing that bothers me about people saying it a gift, because you could look at it as like, it's a gift. Like it's, you know, it's a, 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 like a present, you know, like 
it's a gift to be able to like communicate. But I mean, I just think there's a lot of people with like social media and it's like, they get this like spiritual ego about it. Like you need to hear from me. Like, you know, like, so that's why I try to, I feel like, I feel like the goal for me is to normalize it. Yeah. So if like we go saying it's a gift, then people think it's like, it's unattainable or it's, it's not, yeah. you know, like the average person might not find it grasp, you know, like they could grasp it if it's a gift, you know, like, oh, this person's special because they can do it. That's the only thing like, cause I want yeah. everybody to be able to be like, oh, I can talk to my grandma who's dead. Yeah. You know, like, or, you know, and be able to feel like, you know, somebody who lost their child, they can like try to reconnect, you know? And that's like, and that's where the power comes in because it's like probably the biggest thing for everybody is like their fear of like death or unknown. So it's like, if you can have some grasp of like God, knowing that there's at least something after this, whether, you know, so it's like, I, I think it really helped me find peace and stuff like that because, you know, I witnessed my grandmother die or I was with my aunt when she passed, like just, you know, lets you know that it's going to be okay. Whatever mm -hmm. that means. I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's why I just try to like, I just like normalizing it. Well, I think that, I think that social media and with the rise of like spiritual influencers on social media, everybody's taking a marketing tack with getting attention and the inherent bias in that is that you have to build credibility and in the spiritual arena, credibility comes from having the most pure direct connection to whatever you're channeling, whether that be, you know, source or the Pleiadians or like, um, the, your grandma, like that kind of thing. And so it's the same way as like somebody needs a master's degree in order to teach at a university, that kind of thing, right? Like the credibility in an academic setting comes from the piece of paper saying you've donated $200,000 and like seven years of your life to something. Um, where, and then in the spiritual community, the equivalent is this posturing to say, I have the best, purest, cleanest, most amazing, high definition connection. And you should trust me because of that. And I like the normalization process, I think is so much, I mean, the method that you're doing with it, I'm sure is great. The, um, I think like, right. That mess, it's just getting that message out of like, I think it's, I think I'm agreeing with you. Um, getting that message out of like your connection can be messy and it can be like develop, it can take time to develop and everybody can have it. And it doesn't always look like this beautiful, wonderful ashram in the woods kind of thing. It's also like, for me, when I'm driving down a road and like I get stopped by a train that is invariably a spirit coming to me. It's one of my uncles is like invariably there and coming to me and talking with me, that kind of thing. Um, and it's these really, really, really simple things that can bring that through. Yeah. But the thing, like, this is a thing a lot of people don't understand. Like if I'm doing a reading, I don't have anything to do with what comes through. Mm-hmm. It's not, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with you. Like if I'm reading you, you're attracting your experience, you know? And it's so like, the funniest thing is like, it's to me, it's like so obvious sometimes because like I do messages on TikTok and stuff and like, I'll, you know, I randomly just pick people and stuff like that, but it's like, I'll pick people. And it's like, if somebody's just like sincerely wanting to hear the message just like flows through me. And then that, like, you'll get people who are like, um, nobody's ever able to read me. Like, you know, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, like, I want to be like, what do you think's going to happen from you <laughs> starting your intention with nobody can read me. What do you think? Like, um, just, that's why I always say it's not special. It doesn't have to do with me. It has to do with who's ever seeking it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm just like, the vessel that it comes through, but it has nothing to do with me. It comes from them. You know, I'm not doing anything, you know? And that's, that's like the whole thing with like people saying they're better or worse. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the person seeking the message. 
it all comes from spirit. It doesn't come from me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So I just say what I, like, I always tell people, like, I just say what I get. I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm at a point where I, like, I, you know, I would say the last five years, I really like found my balance and like stability with stuff where I'm just like, I don't care what I'm saying. I'm just telling you what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell me it means nothing. I feel something. And this is what I say. Like, I don't, I mean, it, some people might get turned off by the fact that I don't give a shit, but I don't. Cause like, as soon as you start caring, you start trying to pull stuff and it's not like a sincere, authentic message. The most mm-hmm. authentic message is when I don't give a shit at all because I'm not judging what's coming to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So that's why I always say what I get. Cause sometimes I just get weird stuff and it winds up making sense, mm-hmm. you know? But who knows? Absolutely. The, that has, that was my biggest learning in the last few years here. I, I um, read the Akashic records and I did the course from my one mentor to read them several years ago, like six or seven years ago, and then fucked around and didn't do it with integrity and didn't listen to what I was taught and that kind of thing. And so I wasn't able to read them for many, many years. And I redid the course last year um, and was able to really sink into it and was able to really be present with it and have integrity with it and take my time with it. And yeah, the biggest lesson was you always, you always like verbatim pass it through exactly what's coming through exactly is what you write down. And um, sometimes it's fucking scary because it's like, this doesn't feel impactful enough. This doesn't feel whatever. And so but it's always that like, nope, I'd like that voice needs to shut up because this has to come through. And like, you just have to deal. It's been a very, it's a very interesting ride for the ego. I found to be like tough. It doesn't feel like it's impactful enough. Tough. Like yeah. that feels like it's too weird. Suck it up. Cause like, this is what oh, you yeah. get to say now. No. Yeah. That's what I'm, you know, it's like, you don't want to get in the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like, um, I always think of like, uh, there's this medicine man in spirit that I work with, uh, fool's mm-hmm. crow. He was like a Lakota medicine man. And he, he tells this story about being like the hollow bone, like, you know, a lot, like you, the, you clear yourself out and you keep healing yourself and clearing yourself out so that nothing's in the way, mm-hmm. you know, so the divine can just flow through you. And that's the goal is as a healer or, whatever you want to call yourself, you know, to bring through what, what they want to bring through and just not judge it and not, you know, that's all you can do. That's the Mm -hmm. real goal. But when you, you know, start getting into like, Oh, how great of a reader and gifted I am. It's like, there's no way you can be fully authentic because you're just, you're trying to live up to a standard that you can't control. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but how have you found teaching that to other people? Like what has been, what have you seen as you're teaching that concept to other people? Um, I just, you know, I try to, like I say, like, I don't know who said this, but there was somebody said uh, a quote is like, if you can't explain it easily, you don't understand it enough. Mm. You know, so I try to just like make it, make everything super simple and try to make it like almost like foolproof. And, you know, there's always, there's certain hurdles, you know, it's like a big thing that people don't understand is like the more you work with spirit, the more things are going to come up, like Mm -hmm. your trauma and stuff, because, you know, when you connect to spirit, your vibration raises so if your vibration is raising all the time because you're doing the work, all the stuff that's lower, you know, lower vibration has to come up. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of people think, I think a lot of people misunderstand like what the dark night of the soul is in a sense, because they think it's like almost like a test, but it's not a test. It's just like you're, you have to like process your shit, you know? 
you got to process your trauma and stuff like that. So what happens is when this you're, you're an energy body essentially. So like if you're in high vibration, all this stuff starts coming up, it has to be processed on different layers. It's not just like, Oh, it's up, you know, like it kind of has to manifest in your reality. So you'll start having like, a life of turmoil, you know, typically it's like two years, maybe a little longer, depending on how much, you know, trauma you have where like, you're really in the shit, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's a time where you're probably thinking you're crazy or you're schizophrenic. Like there's, cause there's so many things like manifesting because it's like, you got to realize everything works through vibration. So if you're in high vibration, you attract things faster. So if you're working on that high vibration and then all the shit's coming out at the same time, it's like everything is kind of becoming this like super shit storm, you know? So it's like, I think a lot of people don't, they just think it's like, you know, you go on social media and you have people who don't really understand. They're trying to explain it. And to me, it's very like simple, like physics in a way or law of attraction. Mm -hmm. It's like, so I think, working your way through that is tough you know and i feel like some people i would say the biggest issues i would say like protect understanding like protection is a Mm -hmm. big thing Mm -hmm. um and i'm not somebody i'm not trying to like promote like oh you got to be scared of all this stuff but i'm saying like i don't i think a lot of people kind of get taboo when it comes to like protection or they're like super overprotected and they're like nervous, you know, you got to kind of find a balance and you got to understand that like a big thing that people don't understand is like that, um, you know, everything you're experiencing is because of you. So like, if you're, you know, you, you have these like spiritual, I'm talking a lot of shit about spiritual accounts. I'm sorry. But like, no, I just like, I feel like a lot of people, you know, it's like they talk about all these, like how other people are acting, say like narcissist is a big keyword for people or um, I'm an empath. So it's like the shadow aspect of the empath is the victim, you know, and it's like all these things, but nobody, there's nobody just saying that it's, you know, you're responsible. Mm hmm. You know, like that narcissist, yeah, they're a horrible person maybe, but you attracted them. You know, there's something there. There's a lesson or whatever. And I'm not saying like people deserve to have a narcissist Mm -hmm. or anything, but it's like there's a lot of people pointing fingers at other people instead of like looking at, you know, why am I experiencing this? Mm -hmm. You know, like there's a lesson, you know, when this dark night of the soul starts happening and you like, have this upheaval of like lower vibrational, you know, um, energies. And you're like attracting these experiences. It's like, there's something there you have to learn to like process or you have to understand, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that's my opinion. I doesn't mean I'm right. You know? Yeah. I mean, everything in my experience would, would lead me to believe with you. And I find it interesting. I do know of, I have friends in this group and I, I know that there is like a thought group as well that um would be highly offended by this concept that like everything is a lesson and that you need you've attracted these things to you um and i think it is on that premise of like does that mean i deserve bad things to happen to me i think it really isn't that people think that that's what this is saying um but I think also like when you look at things through the lens of like karma, it's just like, well, obviously you would need stuff to happen to like spur you along. But I mean, even if you look at something kind of a more cellular level, like when you look at things like homeostasis, like something always has to, something is always interacting with that, that is you're adjusting to your homeostasis. So like if a narcissist is coming in, there's a, there's a balance somewhere else that that is leveling out right that yes you need to learn something and yes you need to go through lessons and i totally believe in that like you go through lessons you go through the spiral of life and you you peel off different layers and you learn different who you are on different levels as you go through these lessons um but like i don't know i think that people are afraid of learning lessons i think that there's like 
there's like a fear of doing a hard lesson or having a hard thing show up in life that you learn from. I think there's some kind of fear around that, which. Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't like, I think I would say, you know, probably the best thing to solve everything. in. I mean, this is a bold statement, but the best thing to solve everything in this world is for people to be more self-reliant, you know, in all aspects, you know, it's like, if you can, you know, go to God, you know, you, you, if you seek God by yourself and find that connection yourself, you don't need a church, you know, because you see it everywhere, but it's like, I think the big thing is like responsibility. People don't want to take the responsibility. Oh, I'll just go to, it's like, I'll just go to church, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, then I did my thing, you know, or like I even food, your diet, everything. It's like, it's easy to just go eat fast food. You know, it takes time to go sit, eat your food or even like growing your own food, hunting, you know, it's like all those things take so much effort. It's easy to just be like, Oh, I'll go get a burger somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I think self-reliance is a big thing in all aspects. And I think it, it just takes a lot of energy and responsibility, but people don't realize it's like, the process, the process of being self-reliant is yes. more, more rewarding than anything. Yes. I was literally just about to say that because I think there is a distorted idea out there of what it means to take responsibility for yourself and to take responsibility for your own actions um, as if it's some kind of chore or as if it's some kind of like, I, I don't know, how to, like as if it's a bad thing that you would yeah. want to take responsibility for yourself and that you would want to to seek after this type of independence. But the thing is, it's like, it's so joyful. It's so, yeah. it's so, there's so much joy in it. Cause it really is about enjoying being with yourself and like within your own mind and body and heart and that kind of thing. Right. And like, so even when it comes to food, when it comes to like what you're consuming on every level and that kind of thing. Right. And what you're putting out into the world, that whole seeking God, like, when you write with yourself, it's so much easier to connect with people. And it's so much easier to like be in community then in my mind. Um, And it feels good. mm -hmm. Like being outside, like if you're growing your own food or even if you have like a garden, you know how good it feels to like be in the earth and like people don't remember it because they're so used, like everything's so quick now, you know, Mm -hmm. but to like actually enjoy yourself and take the time to do things. You know, it's, I don't know. I think it's, and, and, and in the end, it's like, you're so much more empowered, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I know I can have my connection with spirit anytime. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't imagine going and seeking it outside of myself, you know, but I'm here now. I wasn't always here, you know, and it takes time to get there and it takes, you know, effort and, you know, discipline and stuff like that. But, you know, you're, you're so much more, I don't know. I'm so much more at peace. I agree with you. The, I think the time that it takes to really settle into that is daunting to lots of people. The, um, like, I don't know, like you said, it takes the dark night of the soul as you're sorting through all your major stuff. I like that first level kind of thing is, it's long. It took me like <laughs> three years, probably, probably four Yeah. to like actually be like, Oh, okay. Like I get it now. Thank you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I would say like really the last five years I've found like balance mm-hmm. out of like 20, <laughs> you know? Yes. So yeah. like, I got, I know, I understand like, and then people like think I'm so like calm and mellow and stuff like that. Like, you know, I've always been here, but like, I mean, I'm a mellow person in general, but it's like, I, uh, there's always been like my, it's much more internal. Like people can't yes. tell what I'm going through, yes. you know, like, so I'm just that person. Like I don't show my emotions that much, you know? So it's like, people just think I'm, I was automatically here. You know, it took therapy it took everything looking at myself looking at my family looking at my programming my culture my society every you know and 
a lot of, you know, pain and suffering. <laughs> but feels good now. <laughs> yeah. So for everybody who thinks that it's a gift to have this, like, spiritual ability developed and honed, like, here's all your pain and suffering. Enjoy it. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I mean, it's like, you know, but, like, to honor that is, like, I don't think I could get here without going through that, Mm -hmm. you know? And at the time when you're going through it, it's like, holy shit, like, I'm not going to make it, you know? Like there was times where I was so like super open and like Mm -hmm. feeling everything around me from the trees, to the plants, to the animal, you know, and like super aware. And like, I used to work in Manhattan and go on, you know, the subways and stuff like being an empath. Insane. Yeah, you would. I would feel like I would literally feel at least twenty spirits come to me on a mm-hmm. like five minute subway ride, talking to me and stuff like that. And I would just be like taking it on because I, you know, I, as an empath, I'm a feeler in general. Like that's I would say my strongest ability when it comes to like mediumship. So like I would be, you know, taking it on, not knowing my boundaries, you know like feeling like I have to feel it, you know, or I have to like suffer and stuff like that. And just, and it would be so overwhelming and I'd go home and I just like lay in my, I had like a healing room. I would just lay on there and Mm -hmm. just like pray and, you know, (laughs) ask for healing and like try to clear stuff out of me. You know, it was, and it's such a roller coaster, right? Like it feels like you're on a rabbit wheel of like, this is, I'm supposed to be so open and I'm like, this, like you're supposed to be so open. And then, but then you come home feeling like a bay of shit and it's like, where, where is the balance? Right. Yeah. Well, I think like, I mean, I would say one of my biggest, uh, issues has always been like seeking intensity, you know, like, mm-hmm. like addicted to like intense experiences. Mm hmm. And well, like it really kind of started because I, I do construction, I do underground tunnels for my day job. Mm-hmm. And like, I would, uh, I would always like attract people with addictions. So I would always, lo- I always looked at that, like, why do I always attract that? And then, it, you know, it clicked that I'm like, I have an addiction, like, even if it's spiritual, you know, it's like, I always seek like, an intense experience. So then like, if I'm starting to open up, what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to have the most intense opening possible, you Mm -hmm. know? And then, you know, you have to look at that. Like, why am I doing this? Like, what am I missing? You know? And I would say one of my biggest things that I had to work through and I'm still working through it is like never enoughness, Mm. you know, like always wanting more, Mm -hmm. you know, never settling, that's kind of like my energy. I'm always like only now I'm kind of like slowing down a little bit, but you know, like I would work 20 hours a day, do spiritual stuff. Like I would, you know, nonstop. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, it's just, you have to kind of dissect things and like, look at yourself and really, that's why when people dismiss looking at themselves, it's like, Everything stems from the self, mm-hmm. you know, everything happening in your reality is a reflection of yourself. Mm-hmm. So all those shitty people, you know, it's something that you have to like kind of work through and see like what's going on with you that, you know, you're always experiencing this because mm-hmm. you'll see the threads when you really start to look back, you'll see like the common threads of people in your life who you're tra- like, I always, I always used to look at like, uh, I'm blue collar and I would always find out like people's astrology signs that I'm working with just to see like the common thread <laughs> and like, who, like, why am I attracting this? Why, what do I need to learn from this person? You know, like I always, I kind of actually recently just broke it. I would say like last job I was on, I always had like a Gemini that was with me. And I always like, just didn't get, you know, like they were like, kind of took advantage of me and stuff like that. And I had Mm -hmm. weak boundaries with them. And it only till I realized the whole thing with addiction, because actually all of them had addiction issues too. Mm -hmm. And it was this like codependency thing too, as well. And all of a sudden I'm not attracted, like the next job I go to, there's no Gemini's. And it's like, 
after like three jobs of like having a Gemini. I know I'm crazy for thinking like that, but like, no, I I don't think so. And I always have like I always have a Leo who's like my right hand person. Yes, because they're like my counterbalance. Yes, as an Aquarius. Because mm-hmm. I'm always like, ah, eh, fuck it, do whatever, you know. Because I'm very like that, and they're always like very like rules yes. structured like <laughs> roles. Like, no, you can't do that. And they're yes. like the person who like kind of keeps me in check, you know. Yep. And I always go to them for even my best friend growing up was a Leo. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a Leo. My mom's a Leo. Or too. is a Leo. Yeah. Oh, no way. Okay. So you'll enjoy this. My mom's a Leo. I'm an Aquarius sun, a Leo moon, and a Virgo rising. Wow. Who, what's a, your dad? Interesting. Place. My dad's an Aquarius. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, my mom. Actually, I've just been revisiting <laughs> my lessons with my mom recently. Mm-hmm. But um, my mom's a Leo and my dad's a Taurus. And, oh, okay. And my wife's a Taurus, and my daughter's a Taurus. So I think Taurus might be a lesson. <laughs> um, but to find security and to yeah, groundedness well, yeah. and that rootedness, and that, right? Yeah, I don't know though, because like my my wife is very like chill for a Taurus. I feel like I feel like a lot of them are like my dad tries to act like a big tough like Italian old school, but he's very like neurotic with things. And a lot of Tauruses I know are kind of neurotic, and I don't feel that for my wife, you know? But um, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the Leo with my mom would drive me absolutely nuts because it's very, like, um, you know, they're very rule-based, role-based. Like, oh, you're my son. You're my daughter. This is how you're supposed to be. You're yes. not supposed to be like that. And, like, 100%. they'll make, you know, like, even, like, I have my daughter in wrestling, because she loves wrestling and she's awesome at it. She's good. I'm not just saying it because my she's my daughter. She's like she's naturally gifted. Like she's beating up boys bigger than her. Amazing. And I love it. I absolutely yes. love it. She loves it. She looks forward to it. And it's like my mom will be like, she's a girl. She's not supposed to wrestle. Like, and my thing is, is like you know, if she loves it and she ha- happy, I don't care what she does. You know, as long as she's happy, you know, that, that that's just like a little tidbit. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like I always had this role and her family had this role in life. And it's like, I'm very like anti that, like free flow, do whatever you want, like do what makes you happy. Um, and it's very difficult for me. You know, it's like, you know, finding that balance. Mm-hmm. But hopefully... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you got some tips for dealing with the Leo mom. I don't know that I have any advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, my strategy has been to like peace out when it gets too hard. And so that, which creates its own set of problems. Um, I'm but- the same way. I'm the same way, but like, it, like part of me wants to like face that. You know, like, Mm. why am I, like, you know, this goes back to kind of everything we're talking about. Like, everybody has triggers, you know? Mm -hmm. But a trigger is really what, like, when you get triggered, you really, like, that's when I'm like, oh, wow. What is going on that's, like, really pissing me off? Like, why is it pissing me off? You know, is it just, like... You know, I'm very, you know, Aquarius are very like freedom driven. Mm -hmm. So when somebody tries to put you in like a box, it's like very like, you know, like I push back. Like uh, I'm very natural. Like I'm a reader. I feel stuff. I know when things are bothering, like how to pick people apart if I have to. Mm -hmm. I don't like doing it. But, you know, if I if I have to or I feel like backed into a corner. I can antagonize anybody. And, you know, it's, I, I've worked on that. Like, I know that I like to like, if somebody's pushing me, I like pushing back and, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel good in the end. You know, like you feel like, like I, to me, like I want to love my mom fully and accept her, but it's hard. (laughs) Yes. 
I think that's a really interesting point because I have definitely in the past tried to figure out the game. You know what I mean? And like when she takes a step, what's my counter step? And like, how do I, how do I navigate with this? What's the move? Like, and to be, and so I kind of end up in a constant state of like surveillance and analysis of like, what is her deal? And like, how do I find safety in, you know, in this dynamic basically is what the like bottom line is. And, um, realizing, so my mom and I were in a really bad spot in like 2017. Um, and then in early 2018, I was kind of like, okay, no, I'm gonna sink into this. We'll like figure this out. I'm in the wrong. We'll like, we'll figure this out. I ended up moving in with her in 2020 and lived with her for like two years. Um, which like, I have no idea how that worked because it did. We lived together really, really, really well. Um, and I like, I, if you would have told me when I was younger that I would be living with my mom for two years, I would have fucking laughed in your face. Because <laughs> um, there would be no way that we would be able to survive that. But we did. Um, and it was good and all that kind of thing. And then one day, like the oven timer went off and it was time to go. And I was like, okay. I'm like, quit my job, packed up my things. And I was like, yeah, I'm leaving. And she's like, oh, what? And I'm like, well, it's time for me to go. And um, she's like, oh, like, no, stay with me. And so the thing that I realized through that kind of big wave, I mean, obviously there's experience in life and stuff before that, but this is the most memorable wave that I've been like consciously working through is that every time that I would try and like strategize and find the move and the counter move and like figure out what was going on, the more that it basically hurt me. And the more that I was like stuck in my mind and stuck in just a state of anxiety and like, just, it, it was horrible mentally, emotionally, all that kind of thing. Yeah. But when I did just like take that step back and be like, look, she's just going to do her thing. She's going to operate her little circus and she's going to do whatever she's going to do. And I get to just sit here and do my thing then it was like, oh, I can actually, I can actually be around you. And I can actually just, I can actually accept you. I think at the end of the day, that's what it was, was truly just acceptance. And cause there's, I have wished so many, I have dreamed so many big dreams for my mom, um, of where she's going to take her life and how she's going to grow and develop and love and all that kind of thing. I have always had really high expectations of her. Um, which I realize is a little bit ironic considering I'm the daughter. Um, but the, and so whenever those have been disappointed, whenever I have been disappointed in my expectations of my mom, that is where my biggest hurt comes from. And as soon as I was like, as soon as I removed those expectations and was like, I, you know, I, you just kind of start realizing like she's, she's never going to grow. She's never going to change. She's never going to whatever she's, I hope she does. I hope that she blooms and blossoms and becomes this version of her that I see her as every day. Um, I hope she does. And I get to love her how, whether she does or not. That has really been the place that I've been able to just be like, cool. This is my yeah. mom. Some days I still want to punch her in the face, but, um, you know, I think everybody has those days with their mom, no matter how fucking enlightened you are. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm more of like, I don't care. Like yeah. I'm not, I don't like, I'm not feeding into your drama. Yes. Like sometimes drama, I feel like it's definitely a Leo thing. I know I'm judging all the Leos out there, but, um, it's like, sometimes I feel like they just want they don't care what the drama is about. They just want you there like just has involved. To be yes. Like yes. It, it doesn't matter if it's good, bad, they hate you, love you. Like it's, it's, they just want the attention, you know, mm -hmm. like the, the drama involves them, you know, where mm -hmm. I'm just very like, see you later, you know? I know. And so for myself, it was really interest. It's been really interesting becoming an adult and individuating and that kind of thing. I feel like it's been very prolonged. Um, and so, but so growing up where like drama was your currency for love and that was how you got love as a kid and, or how I got love as a kid. And, um, that's how I perceive it now. 
as a kid, I could have never told you that was what was going on. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, and so now going up, you're like, Oh, I actually don't like that. I actually want nothing to do with living like that myself. And so then when you, as soon as I like go home or I see my fat, like it's a, it's a larger family thing. It's not just my mom. The whole, whole family operates in that dynamic. And, um, it's just like, Oh, dang, like, look at all of this happening. Isn't that interesting? Like I get to just see it and not have to be part of it anymore. If that makes sense. I'm still there. I'm still there physically and all that kind of thing. But like now there's like a mental separation. Like it's actually not my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My thing is is like, you just, I don't want to like, if somebody like, why be around people who are bringing you down? You know, like Mm -hmm. there's no, like, I try to bring stuff to a relationship, a friendship, mm-hmm. whatever. And if you're like doing the opposite, like why, like why I have just so much going on. Like why waste my time? You know, like I don't need your approval or I don't need like your verification anymore. You know, like I'm not a kid. So it's like, why waste your energy? Like why be drained by an interaction you don't want anyway? <laughs> You know, yeah. and that's, and that's the thing, but it's just like, it, for me, it's, you know, it's probably her voice in the back of my head saying like, oh, she's your mom, you know, like, cause it's not me, you know, like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like I, I, I've come to a place in my life where I just don't, I don't waste energy on people if it's not matched, you know, yeah. cause I got well, too much so- shit to deal with. You know? Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. And so I think that's where the like detachment comes from. And part of me is tracking this and be like, is this a mentally healthy approach? I don't even like, what is that? But I know that this has brought me peace is where like, yes, I'm not investing and yes, I'm not putting in the same level of I'm matching what I'm getting. Right. And so even though I want to pour way more into the relationship, a lot of what I was wanting to pour into the relationship was my expectations of what I thought the person in the relationship should be. And so as soon as I stop pouring that down their throat and trying to shove what I want down their throat, then being able to just like match where it's at becomes so much easier. And so it, I don't find it draining. Like I went home for Christmas this year and, uh, totally wasn't expecting to just all of a sudden the like energy opened of like, Oh, you're going home for Christmas. It's like, what? Did you forget those like messages from spirit? We're just like, excuse me. <laughs> Did you get the right person for this one? Yeah. Um, and, uh, huh. And so I followed it. I was like, all right, cool. We're going home for Christmas. All right. And, um, and so it was, it was so, it was 900 million times easier this year than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, the, there was still definitely some unique lessons and stuff that came up from it, but the, it was, they came in different forms than my family. And so I really was able to just enjoy my family and just be like, Oh, you guys are, you guys are here. You guys get to do your thing. You guys get to live your life. You guys get to think whatever the heck is going on in your life is good and acceptable and is working for you and that kind of thing. And I get to sit over here and think you're crazy and also just enjoy being here. Like there's, there's no more magic to it than that. Right. Like it's just a matter of like, you get to do your thing and I get to do my thing. And so we can be in the same room with somebody like stirring the same stirring the drama and I'm just yeah. like, cool, I need my cauldron. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's I mean that's the goal is like that's the whole thing is like you talk about empathy, but it's you don't want empathy, you want compassion. Like mm-hmm. compassion is like seeing where people are at and being like, All right, you know, that person's not there yet and they're suffering or whatever and they're lashing out or whatever. But it's like, I still see where they're at and I love them, but I'm not getting in, like, I'm not wrapping myself in it, you know, where Mm -hmm. empathy is like, I'm taking it on. I feel your Mm -hmm. shit and I'm taking it on. And, you know, that's a a common misused word in especially the spiritual world is like, you don't want to take it on. Yes. Because it's not your shit. I feel like I said shit a lot today. 
I like it. That's all good. Um, I should have a better vocabulary. You um, should not. This is not a place for <laughs> pristine vocabularies. Yeah, but, it, you know, so then, like you said, you go home for the holidays. You can see where they're at. You can love your mom for who she is, like the essence mm-hmm. of who she is, and mm-hmm. accept her for it. But you don't have to make it you, you know? You don't have to take mm-hmm. it on and, um, you know, deal with all that crap. Yeah, and so then I really get to deal with it on my own timetable, right? Because, yeah. like, right before we were recording, I was, like, getting ready. And I'm just, like, in my head having the biggest argument with my mom. And I was like, oh, really? This is coming up now. Great. Yeah. Love love this for me. And um, But it means that I get to work through my side of it in my own time, in my own space. And then I get to show up to that relationship kind of already having processed the trigger, right? Yeah. So that when it comes up, I can just be like, yo, hi, yeah. and then carry on, right? Um, yeah. I mean, that's what I always used to do is I would write my parents letters mm. and just burn them. And it mm-hmm. always like, it let the energy kind of flow without having to interact with them, mm-hmm. you know? And then like things would happen. Like I would write my dad the letter and then he would just like start talking to me about stuff. And it would just like randomly, like slowly come up in a more like controlled atmosphere. Yes, exactly. So I always use that. I was actually writing my mom a letter last night, trying <laughs> to like work through stuff, you know? So and apparently the hidden theme for this episode was mothers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's been coming up. So I, I, you know, I just follow the flow, you know? I'm assuming your mom is still alive. Yeah, yeah, she is. Who you're talking about? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but... I mean, you never know with a medium, right? Like, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. She's still alive. She's around, you know, that's part yeah. of the reason I want to move away, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause then it's like, ah, whatever. Keep them at visit once a year. You know? And I think that comes back to responsibility. So I had this moment a little while ago, um, where I was like, yes, I get to move away. I get to be kind of, I have the excuse um, of moving away to not have to spend a ton of time with my family. And then I realized how lame is it that I need to have an excuse when I can just take the responsibility of saying, no, thank you. Yeah. I would not like that today. Maybe tomorrow, but like, no, thank you. Right. And then as soon as I realized that, like, I can just say no, I was like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. yes, that yeah. feels so much better to just be like, I don't want to today. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I think that's what I was kind of talking about in the beginning is like, you don't want to just like, Oh, I don't, I'm not going to see them, you know, or Mm. like you want to like have that conscious, like awareness of like deciding, you know, like, Oh, you know, like me and my father kind of get along, but we've had our issues too. And like, it wasn't until like, I was like, no, you're not going to behave this way. Or we're not going to have a relation. Like where it was like a conscious choice. That's where the power came in. Yeah. And I felt a whole shift with like my self-worth, my identity, my ability to be authentic. You know, like, because I feel like I always tell people the biggest work is always your parents. You know, Mm -hmm. because that, you know, they're, we're their lesson and they're our lesson in a way. So it's like, and I feel like they're always that voice in your head that's like judging you about what you do you know like am i working hard enough am i doing this right you know it's always them it's not you like you know your your pure intentions Mm -hmm. so i feel like the more you work on that relationship the more you you know you move more into your authentic self because you you realize like you you shut the voice up pretty much you know, yes. when, when you take your power back, like I said, with my father, like, listen, you're going to act this way or you're not going to come around. You know, yep. it took my power back of saying, like, he's not the one who decides how I live my life. I am, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. So mm-hmm. I think, like, when you dismiss it or you're just like, oh, well, I'll just never go to their house. You know, it's like you don't really deal with it. Yes. So. It always amazes me how the layers, how it layers these lessons, right? Like there are so many times when I like am going through the shit, going through the shit. And then I have the epiphany. I'm like, Whoa, that was my role in that. That was 
or like I was totally making up this story then that's what was making me feel bad or like or you know different things like that I'm like holy shit and then you know three months later we're kind of it circles back right but it's always a different layer it's always a little bit different shape I remember at first when things would circle back I'd be like what the fuck I deal with this <laughs> and then, like go away um and then of course you get like whipped in the face with the branch of the lesson and it's like, yeah anyways but then Real then, you know, as more time goes by, the, you know, another year, another whatever, as you are kind of looking into this and, and allowing the lessons to come, it's like, it's such a gift to just like get to know yourself on yet another layer and like to come into this, like it really, I don't know, to me, it feels like a blossoming. And I'm always, I always debate in my mind whether it's like an unpeeling of an onion or a blooming of a rose it's like the same thing to me, but like how like every petal or every layer and everything, how it like slowly comes apart like that. And you get to see in the layers and like all the air and everything that gets to come through and you get to kind of experience the beauty of things on this new level. Not that it's like better or worse or deeper or higher or whatever the fuck metric. It's just this like new breath of air into you that you're like, Whoa. Well, I think once you kind of work through it, it's like things start to shift. You get to a different layer. You know, and then like I specifically like the last time I kind of worked through something with my father, my my spiritual stuff, like the clients and everything picked up because I think I found like this new level of like authentic self and like acceptance of self like, oh, I'm this, you know, and it really started to flow like I saw a significant jump. So it's like Mm -hmm. I always look at it because now I'm like, oh, there's something with my mom like. There's mm-hmm. something that I have to like kind of work through that I haven't figured out yet, but you know, that I'm working on. So, yep. and I'm curious I mean, to see like what shifts after I work through it, you know? Yes. I'm So I'm going to Europe next week. I'm going to spend a month in Edinburgh and then see where I end up next. Okay. And, um, the, I had this epiphany yesterday around yesterday. It's kind of unfolding over a few days. I've been getting acupuncture recently and the acupuncturist is like, Oh my God, you're so stagnant. Your blood is so stagnant. Like nothing is moving in your body. And I was like, eh, like whatever, just put the needles in. Let's <laughs> fucking go. And then, um, I dawned on me yesterday of like, if she could stick every inch of you full with needles. And if I don't move the energy, I will always be stagnant. And so then it clicked of this, like, I'm going to Europe. I'm going to these places. I have already been on this big adventure. And it's like going to the place is not going to change the stagnancy. It's the energy that has to change. Yeah. And it was even something down to food. Like part of me taking responsibility for myself is in the last few months, I've been house sitting. And so I'm moving houses every three weeks, two weeks, like very often. And so there's not a lot of opportunity to like carry leftovers. I have been taking the option on cooking and and cooking well for myself. So it's been a lot of like freezer pizzas, eggs, like quick stuff, easy stuff, that kind of thing, eating out. And so at first I was like, you know what? I get to do this because I, this other stuff is chaotic. And now I'm realizing that that's part of what's creating the stagnancy, right? Is like just accepting things that are not actually ultimately good for me and allowing them to sit at a constant level, um, instead of allowing myself to flow and move through these changes. And so I'm putting myself in these different physical situations as if like being somewhere new is going to change my insides. And so this big epiphany is like, oh, we get to change our insides now. It's yeah. time to, to, to move all of that, right? To actually let things flow instead of just holding and being stagnant for so long. So I'm excited to see how that shakes out. Yeah. No, I, I kind of had a similar epiphany too because I was like, um, my goal is kind of to get out of where I am, New York, because it's like a grind and like find a place where it's a little more rural and slower. And it's like, you know, I always think like, be happy now, you know, be in the moment now, like, you know, when you're like focused on like the change or thinking like something's going to solve your problems, it's like, it's almost like you're focusing on how your problems are not solved, you know, too. Yes. So it's like, I always try to like, maybe I'm supposed to be here. Like, maybe that's why, you know, I tried to like surrender into it. And I felt like a shift of like, just be here now. And when it's time, it's time, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. 
that totally happened to me when I moved out to Alberta here. So I actually moved at the end of August of 2022, but in the beginning of August 2021, I like got this big download knowing message, however you want to call it, that like it was like, get ready in a month. You're going to get the knowing. You're going to, the bell's going to go. You can take your car, you can pack one bag and you're leaving and you're going west. And I was like, yep, cool. No problem. Um, and so I started like going through all my belongings and like getting rid of stuff I didn't need and like downsizing and doing all the things. And then next thing I know, I look around and it's like December and I'm like, what the fuck am I still doing in Manitoba? You said I was going to get the, t- you said I was going to know. And it was like, just, just wait, like hold my beer. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And so then at that point I was like, okay, I guess I'm here. And so I joined a jujitsu club and I like started doing things like, it's like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to enjoy myself. And so I just started doing and trying and like committing to things in a way that I really hadn't let myself because I was constantly in that place of like, I'm leaving. This is temporary. I'm not staying here. Like, fuck this place. I don't want anything to do with this place. This is just a moment. This is just a blip. And then as soon as I was like, whatever, like if I never go, I don't even care. Um, it, it didn't happen instantly. It's like at that point, it was like January, February when I really was like, just like, okay, I guess we're here now. Um, but then the August after that, like eight months later, the oven timer went and I was like, okay, let's go. Handed in my notice at work the next day and was like packed up and gone in three weeks. Like it was just, it was done. And so because I had had the year with it to kind of go through all the cycles of that. Cool. As long as it's flowing, right? Yeah. Sometimes I really try and make it not flow. um, But, you know, then I eventually come around. It's going to happen sooner or later. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious what the biggest lesson you have gotten out of being a medium has been, like over the course of sinking into this and coming into balance with it and being able to balance it in the past. Or even favorite one that sticks out. Not the biggest one. Uh, That's a hard question. I've never been asked that. Hmm. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like the thing is, is like, I would say nobody really knows what's going on. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, as much as I know there's an afterlife, but I don't really understand it still. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I start to lean more towards like Gnostic beliefs that this is kind of like some sort of lesson or like, uh, you know, like where, I don't know, like part of me thinks maybe we just make sense of things and we put things, you know, our ego wants sense. Like maybe it's just an experience, you know? Um, You know, I felt I had an experience with like some form of God that like kind of, explain deja vu to me i remember that was a that was a pretty powerful thing you know like that when we're with spirit or we're with god we're outside of time so we've already experienced this moment and deja vu is just us remembering and like something with that really clicked in my head that like you know being outside of time like what if there's no time in some area of this existence like then why does anything matter because it's like it's just like a flow it's like an experience it's not mm-hmm. there's no real meaning to it the meaning kind of comes with time because everything is like yes. there's like a deadline or there's like things you want to do or it's like a process or an like um expansion so it's like there's a place that's like outside of time then like this this is really meaningless in a way and it doesn't have to be like a nihilist meaningless it it's more of just like just 
have your range of human experiences and like enjoy mm-hmm. it, even the ones that suck. Mm-hmm. You know, like like take joy in the pain in a way. You know, yes. like you like you're living. It's like you're 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 having a real experience because somewhere after this, you know, maybe it's not like that. Like you maybe we just come here to have experience. But we get so wrapped up in like everybody's programming of telling like, oh, this is horrible. But like what is really a horrible other than um you know somebody's beliefs like we don't know what real like you know what i'm saying it's hard to explain but i would say that's my biggest lesson i do i do get what you mean i believe a similar thing and i think i came from it from a slightly different perspective there was something about something clicked a little while ago about how like being able to speak with humans who have passed on and you get to talk with their spirit it's kind of like just that, that that idea of like death means nothing literally just like hit home so hard a little while ago of like yeah okay your meat suit stops ticking um but you can still talk and function and have experiences and learn things and do things and move and all of this stuff without your body and the and i mean there's so many like even out of out of body experiences right like there's so much evidence of that even outside of death that it was like death is literally just like brushing your teeth i don't know and so in that sense like yeah the only meaning that we have is what we ascribe to things and that that's such a gift because you can make the best out of literally any situation and you can make shit out of the best situation and you get you have the power as the human being with the brain and the heart and the whatever to to do that and i don't know that's that just it feels so that feels so warm and fuzzy to me and i'm sure the like to me it feels warm and fuzzy like i get i get to do literally whatever the fuck i want i get to do like literally everything is possible Every yeah. single thing is possible. But you have to remember that kind of, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's, the, that's like, the like, that's the answer to life kind of is like yes. remembering that, you know, this is all just an experience. It's like, you're not, you know, you don't have to identify with your suffering or you don't have to identify with all this stuff. It's just like, live it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and that's it's like the so daily simple, practice, right? Just, you know, yes. it is what it is, right? Yeah. It's it's casually profound, right? It's so simple, yeah. but it's also like, how do you describe it? Because yeah. everybody would describe it differently. Yeah, the people who are who want to no, like, yeah. totally. employ that belief, right? <sighs> Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for this Thanks for amazing conversation. I've enjoyed this thoroughly. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. I appreciate you very much for being open to this. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. So thank you to all our listeners for joining us today. Um, Please give us a follow, give us a like on whatever platform you are watching on, listening on. Um, It's been a pleasure having you here with us. And if you'd like to have these conversations with friends with us, please send me a message. Um, I am Lauren on Instagram. Literally, that's my handle. I am Lauren. And or you can send us a message over at Casually Profound. So thank you very much. And we will see you next time.